Welcome to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Every episode, I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world, from brewers, importers, educators. This will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So I'm very excited for this show. Uh, We have done a version of this show almost every year, I think, except for 2020. So around Thanksgiving, which is my favorite holiday, um, I invite some of my favorite people on and have a very Friendsgiving episode. Um, So I would love to welcome to the show. We have uh, Sam... Harris Nellis. He is the senior bartender at Silver Lion at the Riggs Hotel. Uh, Brett Weinreb, he is a former industry aficionado and uh, is bald. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Carl Crafts, he's feature. the alcohol specialist uh, for the Scottish Development Internet, the country of Scotland, the country of Scotland. We're going to leave it at that. Um, I got to work with uh, these wonderful gentlemen um, at Birch and Barley Church Key, and we were doing the math, um, and it will just leave it as many, many years ago. Um, and these are still the people that I like to get together and uh, drink beer with and talk about beer with. And uh, so we are going to have a very Friendsgiving episode. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having us, Sarah Jane. <laughs> Even bald Brett. <laughs> you know, in in my defense, he said that as how he wanted to be described, right. and in Brett's case, bald is really beautiful. So, ladies, we're just putting that out there. Yeah, <laughs> I would say I would describe Brett as bald and very strong. So strong. Yeah. So so Ooh. forte. Um. <laughs> so let's dive in here a little bit um, because we are all spread out um, across uh, our schedules and the U S and um, in grant grant uh, was also uh, supposed to be on the show today. Um, we're going to pretend that we are at a Thanksgiving feast Um you know, probably at my house and we're all bringing a beer, uh, to enjoy. So basically we're all just going to share, uh, what beer we would bring. So I'm going to, I'm going to force, uh, let's see, Sam to kick it off first here. All right. What, what, what beer, what beer would you bring to a, a Thanksgiving feast? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me into your lovely home. Uh, thanks to you for hosting Thanksgiving this year. I didn't want it at my house. So this is very nice of you. Um, so this year I decided to bring, uh, a classic, uh, I always like the classics and uh, a little backstory on me. I come from a broken home. Uh, my parents are divorced, uh, and they, I don't know why we're all laughing at this. <laughs> well, it's because I used the phrase broken home, which actually is how they described it when I was a little kid. They'd be like, the problem of broken homes is becoming a real issue. <laughs> And now everybody's divorced, but whatever. Um, but uh, the the my my various families don't get along with each other. But the one thing mm-hmm. they do pretty much all agree on is that Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is a perfect beer, and it's a beer that brings people together. Uh, it is 
um, essentially the first in its class, right? It's the pale ale that defines the American pale ale. And realistically, it, it tastes exactly the same every single time you have it. Uh, and probably is uh, still tasting the exact same as when it was launched on November 21st, 1980, uh, when mm. Ken took his first crack at a pale ale. Uh, Ken being the uh, founder of Sierra Nevada. <laughs> um, Say, someone hit up Wikipedia. I'm actually on the Sierra Nevada uh, website. Um, mm, nice. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, it took the emergence of some new American hops uh, from the Pacific Northwest, specifically um, Cascade, uh, and took advantage of its like big, juicy... Uh, citrusy piney notes uh, to create realistically a session IPA, like what we call today a session IPA. And what's funny is that the three of you were actually probably around for the time that that we rolled out using the term session IPA at Churchkey, uh, which was mm-hmm. controversial because we were like, mm, the alcohol is what sets it apart. It's a fucking. Pa- Am I allowed to curse? Yeah, 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 it's a fucking it. pale it's ale. It's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Session IPAs are pale ales, um, and I'm I still stand by that. If I'm being honest with you, uh, so that's what I brought today uh, uh, to your imaginary home that we're having a, a drinks in. Um, so everyone, please crack open a pale ale on me. I'm ready. I'm ready for a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It sounds great right now. Yeah, no, and that's that's something like year round. It goes it goes with everything. Um, is that like the is that the beer you're enjoying? You know, appetizers while you answer like awkward family questions. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. Like it's the first thing you go to crack open, right? You can't yeah. start off the night with a, a barrel aged uh, imperial stout, right? That's Mm-mm. that's after dinner, maybe, maybe during dinner, depending on your, you know, size of your Carl size, maybe you take down, you know, a full 750 of stout every time you step up to the table. Um, but for me, it's the aperitif. It's yeah. my, like, I'm going to have a pale ale and it's going to put me a little bit more at ease so I can deal with people randomly making uncomfortable conversation at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Ask you questions like, Oh, you get married yet? Why don't you, you have, have a baby? Yet? That's a yeah. personal question. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> Risky on your part, we'll just, but let's talk about it. We'll, <laughs> we'll just do like a, sta- a blanket PSA for those listening. Like, don't ask people that question. <laughs> <laughs> just, what what just answer just, are you looking stage. for? Right? Like, <laughs> oh, we're really struggling. Or we've just decided to disappoint everyone in our family. Like, what do you want me to say here? Or, you know, we're aggressively trying, you know, like fingers crossed. Oh, uh, you know what? Actually, that your coats can handle right, it. We're about to step into the other room. <laughs> See if it happens. We were thinking about it and then we met your kids and decided against it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you seem really miserable, so we're going to give it a shot, too. <laughs> So I think this is like the perfect segue for for my beer um, because I gave birth three weeks ago. Um, and, <laughs> what? Um, current, <laughs> I know. And um, currently nursing. So I have really enjoyed uh, Guinness um, as a beer um, because, you know, 
you want to load up on that malty beer because um, it helps with nursing. Does and it? I think that's a fun fact. Yeah, I think that's a fun fact that um, people need to embrace more. Um, you don't want to consume too high alcohol, right? So Guinness is only like 4.2%. So, you know, you don't want to drink too much alcohol because that actually reduces your milk production. I'm happy I could say that <laughs> um, aloud. Um, and then, yeah. And then you enjoy this deliciously malty roasty beer, um, which honestly, you know, Guinness I think is, is definitely um, underappreciated because it can pair with just about anything. Um, and because of the low ABV, this is, if you want that super <laughs> roasty, you know, high malt experience right off the bat when you walk in the door, but you don't want to kick off with anything too crazy alcohol wise, Guinness is your answer. So I feel like if you start off the, start off the Thanksgiving experience with either a pale ale or a Guinness, you could really, you could be okay, you know, depending on if you have to answer awkward questions or if you are hoping for premium lactation. I'm yeah. always hoping for premium lactation. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. I'm liking the idea of... I'm really happy. We're, we're kind of turning this into a sort of progressive Thanksgiving dinner. We're going from Chico, California, right? Now Now we're mm-hmm. sort of shifted to Dublin. This is, this is kind of an international movement that we've got here with different beers. Yeah. SJ's imaginary Carl, home is a... shifting around the world. Yeah, basically. Carl, what Scottish beer did you... <laughs> <laughs> uh no I, I didn't i didn't opt for a scottish beer i mean i could do i guess um but i'm not going to i'm gonna go so i've been spending some time up in in maine lately um so i'm gonna go with a main beer um that's gotten some some deserved press and buzz so um sacred profane is a brewery that just opened recently in biddeford uh south of portland with two uh, very, very successful and well pedigreed uh, owners and brewers, uh, and they're making Czech style lager. So they uh, are basically Ooh. doing a light Czech style lager and a dark Czech style lager. And uh, just recently was able to get my hands on a 12 pack of the dark lager, which is like, I think it's four and a half percent, just beautifully executed. Beautiful. Um, dark Czech lager, which for me sort of. I don't know, slots right in between what the two of you guys just said, right? Like it's it's not uh, a nine percent, you know, vanilla adjunct shit house stout thing um, that's gonna like get your day started too aggressively. But at the same time, it has a little bit of that richness, you know. Like Thanksgiving in my neck of the woods is it's usually pretty brisk out. You want something with a little little body. Um, so that's that's where I'm going. I mean. The secondary answer is always Sierra Nevada Celebration, but I don't want the listeners to think that we're all literally sponsored by Sierra Nevada. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sacred Profane Dark because I think they're doing great things. Um, is that the one that um, Rat Magnet works at? Now? Yeah. So the the well, two, at least two of the co-owners and and operators, founders, whatever. I'd have to. I don't want to misspeak on that front, but yeah, Brienne Allen who um, kicked off that whole movement in the craft beer industry, or that's my understanding at least. Uh, and she, more importantly, was a brewer at Notch, 
uh, in Salem, Massachusetts, which was still making some of the best loggers, I would say, in the United States. And then um, also Michael Fava, who came from Oxbow Way. Um, so they, yeah, they both know beer. Um, and they're doing... They also have a, a gorgeous bar, yes. too, if anyone makes their way there. Yeah. With, like, the big... Uh tanks above the bar yeah they're feeding directly into the the bright tanks yeah they brought in the like the actual czech company that does all the czech Mm -hmm. uh tank tank pubs to install them yeah i mean the photos on life i don't want to do like too much pr for for sacred profane but it's uh it's pretty legit (laughs) that's fine yeah it's pretty it's pretty (laughs) awesome so kudos to both of them and their and their team it's it's good stuff and this is you said just south of portland yeah it's in biddeford it's kind of like i mean i mean portland just like all the secondary cities in the world has kind of gone ape shit from a property perspective. So Biddeford is starting to be a kind of a sexy um, secondary option for, for people looking for something reasonably affordable and still have, you know, cool beer bars and wine bars and restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Plus like, I mean, if you go up to the Portland main area, like it's magical year round, no matter what I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's your natural habitat, Carl. <laughs> I just want to go somewhere where people aren't going to mention my flannel. <laughs> I just want to blend in for once. And for listeners, just to just to clarify, Carl perpetually looks like he's fresh out of a LL Bean catalog in in the best way. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't say it's not true. It's my whole wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah, Carl, you were not built for the mid-Atlantic summers. Nope. Nope. I was sure wasn't. That's why I left. Nobody's built for the mid-Atlantic summers. They're, They're gross. Awful. Nobody is. Carl, just it's as a quick gross. question, was it tough being raised by Paul Bunyan or <laughs> I mean it was pretty sweet to have a massive blue ox around all the uh, time. But yeah. otherwise, yeah, it was it had it had its difficulties, without a doubt. <laughs> Dad, I can only chop down 12 trees today. <laughs> You're a failure. <laughs> You're no so sort of mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Brett, what are you bringing beer-wise? Yeah. Um, my my beer is Black Butte Porter from our friends at Deschutes. Um, nice. So much like you and Carl going for a, for a darker beer, um, you know, as you know, this is more of a English style porter, not your um, overly hopped um, American style porter. This is so easy and drinkable. It's very versatile with a lot of different foods, appetizers, entrees, um, fielding awkward questions from family members, especially. It's really, it really goes well with. Um, this has been one of my favorite beers for so long. Um, it, it just hits all the, you know, all the right notes, checks all the right boxes for me personally. Um, and it's, especially in the, in the colder months, it's very drinkable and it just makes me want to grow a beard. Can you grow a beard? Uh, I can. It takes a little while. <laughs> Come back to me in a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good take. I haven't had a black butte in years. Which is it's still so good. Probably a mistake on my part. Mm-hmm. And you know, the funny thing is, it was I think it debuted in nineteen eighty eight. Um, mm-hmm. I think Carl, yeah. were you alive yet? <laughs> Very funny. 
<laughs> yes, just. Um, okay, just. Okay. Um, so I find it interesting that, you know, we're all either picking breweries that have either been around for a while or we're picking styles that have been around for a while, more classic styles. Well, Thanksgiving is for nostalgia. Yeah. That's true. Right? We all generally picked low ABV stuff too, because it's also a marathon and not a sprint. And we're old. Also that. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jane, were you, like old, were you old. alive in 88? Uh, I was born in 88. So, so we were born in 88. I'm, des- Brett, I'm, I'm in denial so really of Brett's being the only old. old one. Right. Mm. Brett, Brett was 21 at the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I cracked I was... open my first Black Butte in 1988. <laughs> yeah, but Brett's going to outlive all of us. I was nine for the record. <laughs> were you really? <laughs> Yes, I was born in 79. I didn't realize you were in your 40s. Oh. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> We've now covered two topics so, not to address with with random people. One is age. The other is why you don't have children. We've, sure. We're starting a really good theme here. We're just setting a, a good example for everybody. <laughs> so, um... How about because, that election? So, <laughs> because... <laughs> because uh, Grant couldn't make it. And listeners, uh, Grant's been on the show a couple of times. Um, he is self-described and accurately described as a man about town. Um, he <laughs> um, he wasn't able to make the show, so um, I said that uh, we would pick a beer for him um, to bring. So does anyone have any suggestions on what Grant would bring? I mean, just knowing Grant, it would be mm-hmm. probably something he got off the secondary market. Um, it would be super rare, and he would open it and finish it in about 35 seconds. Yeah, it would be like a magnum of Dreyfontaine or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah, or, like, or a, like, like a, it wouldn't even be beer, it'd be like a 1984 Chateau Decam or some preposterous <laughs> shit. <laughs> But like always appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I always feel like, um, and and so for listeners, when a lot of times when you get together and do beer shares, there's almost like a a one-upmanship, right? You're kind of presenting your proverbial penises on the table, right? Like who has the, the biggest, the biggest situation as far as like what beer they brought. Um, and honestly, like every time I think I have Grant beat and I never do because he always brings some preposterous thing that I could never, I've never had any of you beat, not a single time. (laughs) I think there was like one, one beer share. You were like, I brought some Trulies. (laughs) (laughs) I like a lot of different things. Okay. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with Trulies. I mean, they, they do break yeah, up. There are a few things. I can actually, would you, we could go down that road if we want. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Carl, what is your what is your beef with Truly? Because Sam, honestly, the last show we did, you went on a poetic waxing of you know your well, love of hard seltzers. I just think so. people should drink whatever they want to drink. Yeah, and there are times and there are places sitting by a pool. It is clearly a better choice to drink 
uh, truly than it is to drink a, a Bernardus Abbott 12, right? It just is a better choice. Uh, Unless the to, pool's to, like frozen over and you're in Belgium or something. Why would I be sitting next to a frozen over pool in Belgium? Dude, be open-minded. <laughs> That's a crazy situation. Be open-minded. I don't wear flannel the way that you wear flannel. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, there's times in a, like, there are time and places for almost all, like, popular beverages. I don't disagree with that. Do I, do I like truly? Sometimes in some places. That's fair. And Carl, you are adamantly against truly. No, no, not really. I was just being cheeky. Um, But I mean, you know, it's hard for me to imagine personally the circumstance in which I'd rather have a truly than say a gin and tonic. So I think, I think there are aligning, I agree with Sam's point, but I think I still think. I had some delicious seltzers from a, I think it's called like Florida seltzer company. And the specific brand of the seltzer was called untitled art, I think, or maybe it was the other way around. Um, They were excellent. They were actually like well made. Like you drank them, and you were like, "Oh, actually, this is like good." Um, I don't think that's true of truly. You don't like there is <laughs> there's still craft, right? Like even if you're just starting off with flavored sugar water, you know, ultimately everything that is is you know fermented alcohol drinks start off as some kind of sugar water by definition, right? What was the source of your sugar? That makes all the difference. Um, so I think that you know there's still craft technique that can be uh applied to seltzer so there are good seltzers and then there are mass market seltzers i just drank a modello it was fine is it representative of all pilsners no <laughs> like it would be like weird to be like i hate pilsners which ones have you tried just that one just the, just the one just that modello that sat in my fridge for literally five months and <laughs> i forgot about and Till I started you recording were, this, you were aging it. Yeah, to perfection. As as, as to perfection, can as aged. one does in canned yes. beverages. That's what you're going to bring. Actually, to try to be Grant to the five month old Modelo. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite Grant stories is that um, we did a secret Santa one year at Church Key, and he took um, a Cantillon very rare bottle of Cantillon, an empty one though. And he filled it with what Miller yeah. Miller light Something like and that. recorked or, and re uh, capped it. And during this kind of like white elephant, whatever you call it exchange, it kept getting stolen again and again and again and again. And then finally somebody ended up with it. And this poor woman <laughs> was completely duped and she opened it and took a sip and was just like, Oh, my first Cantillon and was just like savoring it. And Grant was just cackling on the sidelines because he had filled it with Miller, Miller light, which is such a cruel trick to play <laughs> on somebody so publicly. I think she was even a manager at, at another restaurant. So I felt, I felt even worse that, you know, in front of her staff and everybody, it was like, she just kind of pretended to enjoy this beer that was so clearly who bad. Do you want to say who or do you not want to say who? I forget her name, but it was the fried chicken restaurant that was in DuPont was in for GBD. a while. Mm. Yeah. And I forget her I forget her name, but I felt terrible that she had been duped uh by Grant. And he was just it, I mean it was it's well done. Well done. Ostensibly so it was mean. funny. <laughs> we are laughing about it eight years later so 
That joke had legs. No, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Unlike that beer. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but actually, I want to pop it back over to Carl. So, Carl, you mentioned your love of gin and tonics. And I think it's because you have been utterly spoiled on premium gin thanks to your job. And I, I just want to give you a little opportunity to shout out all the amazing gin producers that are, that are in Scotland right now. Cause I don't think enough people talk about them. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you're probably, you're probably not wrong. There are, there are many, um, and I can't possibly list them all, but it is, it is a good, good country for gin. They make a lot of amazing stuff. Even some of the big brands that people don't, uh, necessarily know are made in Scotland. You know, Hendrix is made in Scotland. Botanist is made in Scotland. Um, at least I believe some of Tanqueray is made in Scotland too, if I'm not mistaken. So, and I don't know if, you but know yeah, this some of the not. small guys, I mean, go ahead, Sam. I think I know where you're going. I don't know if you know this or not, but Edinburgh gin is also made in Scotland in Edinburgh. It's a, it's a strong point, Sam. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Were you thinking I was going to go with Porter's? I was thinking that it is an excellent gin. Uh, yeah. out of Aberdeen, uh, Scotland. Uh, and they are using um, exclusively vacuum distillation to get all of their botanicals into the gin, uh, which really preserves the like sort of purity of flavor of some of the like more uh, delicate herbs. Uh, I also happen to work for one of the owners. So <laughs> I did like the gin first. I met him through the gin. I did not meet him through the job. <laughs> is this uh, Mr. Alex Lawrence? This is Mr. Alex Lawrence himself. Nice. Incredibly, incredibly talented. And yes, that gin is phenomenal. And just got Big married time. to another incredibly talented woman who runs the Connet Bar in London. Oh, dope. Yeah. It's like number number two on the... It was number one last like year. I think it dropped to six or something like that this year. Man. Still top ten. Still <laughs> I was gonna say you can't you can't get number one every year anymore. Like they've changed the rules now with the San Paulino list. I think. Mm-hmm. So well, for the restaurants, you can't even get number one ever again if you've yeah. if you've won. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Well, except that the very first year they rolled out that rule, they made Noma number one again because they were like, "Oh, it's it's a new restaurant. They just reopened as a new restaurant." It's like it's the same name. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, honestly, if they. If they didn't do if they didn't do away with that rule, it would just be like Noma, Noma, Noma every year, Seller Con Roca, Seller Con Roca, like mm-hmm. just bounce bounce between those guys. Um, but yeah, if 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 anyone gets a chance to try dope uh, Scottish gin, I've I've been amazed at at how much cool stuff is coming out of Scotland gin wise. There's so. a lot of goodness. That's true. We don't have time for me to list all the stuff I like, but you don't Porter's, have to Porter's list all the stuff. A good start. <laughs> I like the what is it? The Nadar gin. Yeah, the Marbiki. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're cool. It's a hundred percent carbon neutral. Gin. Yeah, I think it's actually even. I think they like to call it climate positive. Yeah, because they use peas, which are like a natural. I don't understand how this stuff works, but it has to do with nitrogen in soil and crop rotation and all that. Oh yeah, peas are cover crops. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. regenerative, so they distill, regenerative they distill from agriculture. Peas. It's wild. The like, you know, the the mash effectively pre-distillation is like super bright green. It's kind of cool. Um, they're really, yeah, that's a, they're a really cool company. Yeah, they're yeah. doing amazing things. 
Um, they also have a strawberry vodka. This is for you, Sam. Uh, <laughs> They're not available in DC yet. I know. Well, the, the vodka is limited, but the strawberry character is just like absolutely bonkers. It's delicious. It's weird that they're calling it a vodka, though. Is it a flavored vodka or is it a brandy? It's a flavored vodka. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. But with like actual Scottish strawberries mm-hmm. from a farm down the road kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Sexy. Very nice. Sam is a big fan of, of vodka. And Sam, as a senior bartender at one of the best bars in the world, what is your current favorite vodka? Oh, my current favorite vodka? Uh, Hanger One. That's a solid one. Hanger One Vodka. Uh, we don't carry it at the bar. <laughs> but uh, here, I'll do one that's a shout. Uh, we'll get LVMH uh, a little airtime. Uh, I really like um, uh, Belvedere Smogery Forest, which is a 100% rye single estate vodka, unfiltered, great texture, great flavor, a little savory. Uh, and if you come to Silver Lion, you can have it as part of our tots and shots deal, uh, where we Wait, give you a bowl of tater shots? tots. Yeah, we give you a bowl of tater oh. tots. And then I thought we this also had to do, do with like child luring or something. Like... No, no. Wait, sorry, <laughs> no, that's shot, like... that shots for tots. <laughs> <laughs> that's shots for tots. Uh, no, like, tots and shots is tater okay. tots and uh, shots of frozen, frozen smokery forest. Uh, with house-made pickles to chase it all down with. Oh, that sounds dope as hell. And you serve it all out of an ice cream truck so as to lure uh-huh. the aforementioned uh-huh. tots. Got it. It's <laughs> a confusing ice cream truck because it actually says free candy on the outside. We just haven't had right. time to get it repainted yet. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally down fair. the list, I would say. Well, kids are stupid anyway. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that they sounds delicious. The good ones can't read. <laughs> Sounds really delicious. Sam Nellis got canceled today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> What's that, Carl? Samuel Harris Nellis. Right. Samuel, yeah, we're going to get canceled. Make sure we get the right Sam Nellis. Correct. <laughs> There's yeah. another Sam Nellis that works for Bar Hill Gin. We wouldn't want him to get caught up in it. Is there really? No. Uh-huh. No, 100%. Well, that's funny. Oh. And I only know that because an employee from there came to work for me, and she was like, wait, what's, what's your name? <laughs> Oh, my old boss is that exact same name. That's funny. Oh, man. So that's a Sam that's more a fan of gin. You're a Sam that's more a fan I'm of vodka. I'm also a fan to... of gin. And Barbell <laughs> makes a lovely vodka. Oh, that's true, yeah. actually. That is very true. That is very, From honey very true. To save the bees. To save the bees. Um, well, thank you all for coming to my uh, fake uh, Thanksgiving uh, feast. Before we sign off, do you all have any other uh, sage advice, maybe beer-wise, for people out there heading to their own um, Thanksgiving Day feasts? Not, you know, life advice. We've covered that aplenty during this show, but, like, beer advice. Light beer isn't that light, so just drink the full-flavored stuff. (laughs) I get still so many calories. Just, if you're going to have a beer... Do it. Just go for it. That's solid life advice. What about you, Brett? Drink a beer that makes you want to grow a beard. Yeah. Yeah. Strong. Yeah. I get that urge a lot. And I feel like as I get into my later years, I will be able to work towards that goal. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. 
Carl? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We touched on it, but I think Thanksgiving is good for a beer that you want to have more than one of. So get something you enjoy and sit down and enjoy the people that you're with, just like we've been able to do in our imaginary Thanksgiving here today. That's the best part. Um, and my advice is uh, be very kind and don't be judgmental. If somebody brings you their homebrew or if somebody brings you their favorite beer and it's not as exciting to you, put on a good smile and make them feel good about themselves because, you know, everybody Even if it's a, a truly. Even if it's a Even truly, it's a be truly. excited. Hey, I got this new flavor of truly. Yeah, be excited about that. Because a lot of R&D went into that, I imagine. <laughs> um, and Grant's advice is, um, I don't know, what would Grant's advice be? Man about town. If you have um, any expendable income, buy something on the secondary market that is rare and uh, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Make all your friends yeah. feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Thanksgiving is for. That's what Thanksgiving is for. <laughs> is for uh, relatives to ask you awkward questions and for you to feel superior to other people. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what, yeah. we're, that's what we're going with. Awesome. Um, well, thanks guys for uh, coming and doing this show. I look forward to this episode every year. Um, and thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll have a couple more shows before the end of the year. Um, but check us out anywhere you get podcasts, like, subscribe, give all the stars. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, reach out at Radio on Instagram or BeerMeRadio at gmail.com. But we will catch you next time and happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.